Blog Talk Radio. again for the tipping point and our special guest tonight is a very special guest it is Kyle Matthews but before we get into the interview of course you got to meet us I'm Stephen Platinum and joining me as always is the venerable man about town Larry Goodman how you doing tonight Larry relatively well how about you sir <laughs> strong choice with relatively well I'm doing great I'm doing great and super busy and it's of course summer in Florida so it's hot 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 but uh, I'm doing well definitely keeping busy making money and all that good stuff well so Larry <laughs> Larry you you know um a little backstage pass for the listeners um you know Larry and Larry will usually give me a call sort of earlier um, before we go on and then we'll talk about stuff and make sure we're kind of on the same page. Um, other podcasters, please take note. And then <laughs> right before we go on, we'll talk for a little while. Um, and, you know, just basically, Oh, how are we going to open the show? And Larry, you, you threw something at me that's incredibly intriguing. So I've got to know. So what is this thing about Fox's anniversary show can you please explain what that is as soon as you said it i was like oh it's awesome and then you know we're going to have to go on the air so so what is that about uh, for the for those who may not uh know i'm sure most of the people listening to this do know but ar fox uh runs the wwa4 school and they ran a very rare sunday show um a week ago sunday this past sunday uh to celebrate the one-year anniversary um and you know, I understood it was a very good show overall. Moose was there. Austin Theory was there. Um, they had a lot of good matches. The guys who'd, what is this sucking noise I'm hearing? There's this kind of like, I hope that's not you breathing. No. No, no. It oh, I, I, I can take care of that. No, 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 no. Oh, good, I, good. I took care of that problem years ago. So. Oh, good. Well, so anyways, <laughs> the... Um, the matches, you know, were were good and, and and so forth, and they had some nice guest stars. But the um, the one thing I, I did hear that was was uh, negative is Fox's match was against Lorenzo Quintana, who's in uh, WWA four as a manager, and what he's a he's a ring announcer and a TV announcer or was at NCW. He he had a stint there. I don't know that he's still uh, doing if he's still doing that or not. But anyway, uh, it was like a street fight. And evidently, Quintana was in this match, was kicking out of all of Fox's big moves, or, or a number of big moves, which was sort of like 
you know, it's the one. It is the one knock that there is against A.R. Fox being your trainer because his sensibilities about wrestling and storytelling are really kind of rudimentary or non-existent. I mean, that is the one big knock. And in his mind, he was like, well, I'm making him look good. That's what you're supposed to do. And of course that's correct on a sort of a fundamental level, but the execution often kind of leaves a lot to be desired. And I think that's just an example of clearly Fox as a trainer is putting out great guys, but no I would, I would venture to guess that they learn more about sort of storytelling aspects, doing things that sort of make a logical sense, sort of like the Eddie Graham school of details and making sure your, you know, continuity makes sense and things like that. They're learning that at shows. Uh, I think that's the one place where Air Fox lacks. Yeah, and then, you know they are running storylines in you know at the WWE core shows, and I'm sure there was a storyline behind this match to put a manager against Fox in a street fight. But um, yeah, I, I don't know if you've ever seen Quintana, but he, he's a small guy, and I didn't know if he, I don't know if, how well he can wrestle or if you know how much wrestling he has done. But um, he certainly didn't didn't appear from when I've seen him to. A, to, to look like a wrestler. Now he, he may be, but anyway, um, it, it seems you know, kind of odd to I, have him kicking out of stuff. I was talking the other day, we were talking about the war games. Cause I saw tank had posted a thing about my God, do you remember how excited you were for the first war games? And so they got me talking about it. And we we're talking about how in one sense, like JJ Dillon being in that match, worried you because then you're like oh they're kind of giving away the finish right if there's jj dylan and paul ellering one of those guys is clearly gonna be the one who like gives up for their team but they did such a masterful job of building quote unquote building jj dylan up for the match they had him wrestle some jobber on the studio show and then the horseman would just basically take turns beating up the guy behind the referee's back and right. uh, I thought it was it was funny, in, in it, and it sort of made you want J.J. Dillon to get his even more, but it didn't it didn't violate pro wrestling, right? It didn't suddenly go, oh, J.J. Dillon is the equal of the wrestler, and he was a wrestler. Well, that's the, the thing. thought of Dillon him. And Ellering were wrestlers, <laughs> so it's a little bit but, different. But the, but the thought of them physically competing with what were at the time no. basically the eight biggest stars in the game right? True. <laughs> like, True. was ludicrous. So they didn't go that route. And I thought, again, just another example of how you can make money and be smart and still make people look good without giving everything up to do it. And again, right. it's just, there's a lot to learn from that. Certainly. So a, a couple other notes for the from the weekend before we have our esteemed guests uh, arriving here in a few minutes. Um, one, the weekend before was the AWE show, which, you know, was nothing special until the last two matches. And I got to tell you, and I wrote about this, but I'm going to say it here too. Ashton Starr yeah. and Effie, uh, you know, who was a, our guest on this show a few weeks back, man, oh man, they knocked it out of the park. It was awesome. It was just a great match they put on. And I think – Blew some people away who weren't familiar with Effie. I believe that was his debut there. 
and um, of course he got over like gangbusters, and they're bringing that back match that match back on uh, the the um, at the end of the month on their season uh, finale show. On the last oh, Sunday good. Month. So, so you were you were there to witness it. Um, how, what oh, kind yeah. of crowd did AWE get? Because they've been their crowds have definitely been on the small side lately. I would say it started out at bell time. It looked pretty grim, but a lot of people filtered in. I'm going to say they wound up with about 120. It's hard to say, but I'm I'm going to say they got they got over 100 in there. And the, the thing that was nice compared to some of their shows is because it didn't run overly long. The um, atmosphere got better as the show went on rather than worse, as it often does. Oh, good. Does. Yeah. So that it is, finished yeah, strong. That's the other definitely thing was, good news. J- Joe Black, boy, what a beast that guy is. I mean, he showed that he deserves to be in that title lineage. And I never really thought much about any Kingston one way or the other, but he impressed me. I mean, he, he really he, he, he cut a great promo. He sold well. It made Black look great. Um I'm glad they brought him in, and I'm glad they're bringing him back. It's going to be three-way, Chip Day and Kingston and Black uh, at the season finale show on the, what is that, 31st, whatever that last Sunday is in, in July. Um, Excellent. Um, the Well, that can't be the 31st. No, that, but whatever date that is, last Sunday in July. The other thing I want to touch on is, like, at the Southern Fried Show, which was also good and extremely well attended. I mean, they broke 300 again. Um, there for attendance was uh, Corey Hollis, like stage, like like not really like fully breaking character, kind of staying in character. And I wondered if you, uh, which I I really loved it, but I wondered if you encountered guys that were like that uh, behind the scenes that just really didn't break character, or their what you saw in the ring was who they were backstage, and there was whether it was character or not. Anything come to mind? Um, I- I, I do. I have an interesting one actually, and it's uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, where at different points of his sort of indie career, if you want to call it that, he had completely different attitudes. Um, at one, when I first met him, he was like kayfabe all the way. He wouldn't talk about the match with me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was just like. You know, he wouldn't talk about the match, and he was very – now, now. I mean, I don't think anyone would be surprised. He was also legitimately, like, sort of fucked up, right? So yeah. he would just yeah. sit there in the corner, but it was made clear to me, we're not going to talk about the match, F you. You know, like, um, you'll figure it out um, and just go with the flow. He didn't call anything out in the ring. I was just expected to just sort of go with whatever, um, which was a great learning experience, honestly. Um, But later on, then he became the – it's sort of like the transformation that I think, like, Roddy Piper went through in the, like, later stages of his career where they kind of go through this thing of – you know, I got to protect the business or whatever, you know, what I'm going through is bigger than this show or whatever. And then they become guys who just kind of love being around pro wrestling again. And, and then they become the most affable sort of easy to deal with guys. 
I mean, by all accounts, Piper in the last two years was just, he was just thrilled to be around the shit, you know? And, um, yeah, so Jake went through that transformation of, I'm Jake Snake Roberts, and, you know, I don't talk to, I mean, I was driving the guy around, Larry, and he wouldn't say a fucking word to me most of the time. You know, everything was keeping up the act. Um, Another one, this is a kind of a ridiculous one, was was me. Um, I had a guy that I rode with regularly um, who wrestled as Hannibal. And he's a little Latino guy, but just the toughest dude ever. Like, he was our policeman. Uh, Whenever we had a problem with anybody, you know, if Hannibal came out during your match, you knew you were screwed (laughs) because you messed up or something went wrong and Hannibal was going to go in there and just beat you up. He was the guy who was like into jujitsu before that was really a thing and all that kind of stuff. But he and I would play a game we called the kayfabe game because we were supposed to be, he was a face, I was a heel and we traveled together. (laughs) But if we were ever in a spot where we thought that fans would see us, we we immediately one of us would just yell kayfabe and attack the other one, uh, and so it, it made for many great moments where the game became could you set the guy up to get attacked? So I would do stuff like I would let my wallet fall out of my pocket, and when he would bend over to pick it up for me, I would just yell kayfabe, and I would just like like punch him in the face or pick him up and power bomb him or something ridiculous. Um, so, but we, that, while it was funny, it was also a serious thing. We were in these little towns where they still had true believers and we really did go out of our way to protect everything. So it just seems like a, uh, a million years ago now. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it just seems like something that was, you know, you know, a lot more common than, you know, than it is now, um, for, for, for guys to be like that. I mean, I think of, in, in my experience, like Sean Royal, um, he had uh, mm. Wild Side with those, with yeah. those kind of guys. <laughs> well, speaking of which, and, you know, you brought up Effie. I don't know if I told you this, but that FIP show um, where, you know, Gunnar Miller wrestled and uh, Shane Marks. So I went and I drove them. Um, Effie was supposed to have some kind of street fight with Kiazzo. And it turned into like a, I don't know if it turned into a shoot, but it definitely turned into a thing where they were not cooperating with each other. Oh, like it really? It started off as, yes. Um, and apparently that part was legit. And uh, Kiazzo like went online and it's like, Effie's unprofessional and all this stuff. But from where I was sitting, literally sitting watching, it seemed to me that Kiazzo just had a burr up his ass and was not going to let that be a match that worked. And it completely wrecked the vibe of the show. It was just weird. Uh, it was just very uh, strange. Well, I, so, I, I mean, because I, I was like, who has a problem with Effie? Like, <laughs> to me, he just seemed like the nicest dude. I went up and introduced, oh, yeah, we just talked on the radio. Oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. You know, everything was cool. So I don't know what well, that was about, but apparently there was an element of, Something went wrong, and Kiazzo was going to teach him a lesson or some nonsense. I saw him after the, you know, we did the interview, and we talked on that show how he had the match with Joey Ryan coming up. And so I asked him about that, and he said, yeah, he said Ryan did you know, a fair amount of bumping, and, and some of the other boys were saying, well, how did you get him to bump so much? And, and, and Effie said, well, I just told him he was bumping. 
<laughs> you know, he just wasn't going <laughs> to. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. Um, uh, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, well, just goes to show, I mean, haven't the the toughest guys played the effeminate gimmick throughout wrestling history. Gorgeous George, by all accounts, legit tough guy. Adrian Adonis, sort of famously, like, well-respected tough guy. Adrian Street, clearly tough guy. Yeah. And here, and in locally in Georgia, I mean, anybody who doesn't know about Simon Sermon in real life, uh, they better figure it out. <laughs> that guy will whip your ass And that guy has a hundred stories That he himself never tells He's not that guy But I know of many a story Where Simon Sermon Including one really interesting one That I will reveal at some point Where he literally put A fire extinguisher up a wrestler's ass In a fight So <laughs> Yeah The more feminine the gimmick the more it's lookout time. And if that's the case, I'm certainly not going to start any shit with Ashton Starr. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, with that said, we're joined by the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight time Georgia Best Technical Wrestler of the Year, two-time overall wrestler of the year. Um, we're really pleased to have with us tonight Kyle Matthews. Welcome to the Tipping Point. Hey, hey. How's it going? <laughs> hey, Kyle. Oh, my goodness. Kyle, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this interview in a really weird way. Uh, please, okay. please come with me on it. So okay. I'm just going to say a bunch of stuff about you. Um, if, if any of it's not true, please, like, correct me. Um, I, here's okay. the stuff. When I think people think of Kyle Matthews, and if, and if you listen to the tipping point, there's a good chance you already know who you are, right? <laughs> Eight-time technical wrestler of the year. Two-time overall wrestler of the year. Um, generally, nobody has a bad word to say about you in the wrestling business, which is unheard of. Even even a gentleman like Larry Goodman, people have bad stuff to say about Larry. I know, it's unbelievable, right? Even, right. even um, a, a God-fearing, loving man like myself, people have bad stuff to say about. But people don't no. have anything bad to say about you. Um, certainly, you know, you've lived up to uh, Ted Allen was your trainer. You've lived up to everything that he wanted you to be. And now you find yourself kind of at the end of your career um, and you're married, um, kids, everything's going great. Um, I got to say, I, here's my first question. So I would say it's probably pretty clear that you weren't happy having an injury and not being able to sort of wrestle at Phoenix city this year. <clears throat> but what is the secret to you being so seemingly balanced about everything, just in how you deal with people, how you've handled this insane wrestling business. Um, what's the secret to why you're so balanced and even keeled before I get into other parts um, of the interview? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I just separate things like wrestling life hmm. is one thing coming home is a different thing. Like it's just, I just kind of separate things. And at the end of the day, it's really not that serious. Like, 
where guys are under <laughs> fighting each other at the end of the day. Right? You know, like, just calm down. It's not, it's not that serious. You know what I mean? We're not making millions of dollars here. Did did you always feel that way though, or is that something that you arrived at? And if if it's something um, that you arrived at, when did that happen for you? Yeah, I think I think when I first started, I took it like way more seriously. But I think over time, you realize there's only so many spots for guys making millions of dollars, right? Like there's only so many WWE contracts. There's only so many guys that get tours of Japan all the time. So like you might as well have fun while you're doing it. So the seriousness. Like I just take it serious, but not like, like I'm not gonna kill anyone over it. It's not that, it's not that serious of a thing. You, you know, um, I told Larry instead of having the usual format where you're answering the same questions you probably answered a million times before, what I would do is I would th- throw a question out there and then la- and then Larry would answer it, I would answer it, and then you would answer it to give you, okay. one, time to think of your answer, and two, I think to give sort of a more well-rounded look. Because, Kyle, I just got to okay. be honest with you. The, if, if I see there's something about you that I think people should get that they're not, it's that okay. I, at this stage in your career, I feel like you have a lot to teach and and because you're not the most you're not the most self-aggrandizing guy. You're not a guy who brags on yourself and that kind of thing. So allow Larry and I to do some of that for you and feel very okay. free to just sort of speak your mind on stuff. Doesn't mean you have to be okay. an asshole. Um, that, again, that's what Larry's for, right? Right. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So here's my first one. Here's my first one. Um, What's something about Kyle Matthews that most people don't think about, but nonetheless is true? And I will, I will answer that question. I think that a lot of people think, don't think of Kyle Matthews as a draw per se. However, my experiences with Kyle are the opposite. I think um, the first time you and Vordell Walker, as I show, um, wrestled the bullet was one of the biggest drawing parade shows we ever had. And there were a couple of reasons. Well, one of them was legitimately people were dying to see you and Vordell in a highly competitive match. And, um, I mean, that's the very definition of a draw. So that's one thing I wanted to sort of put out there was that Kyle Matthews, for everybody you ever wrestled for, actually, when you were presented properly and allowed to really do your thing, um, you proved to be a draw in any number of places. So, Larry, what's, uh, what's something about Kyle that people don't really think about necessarily, but that you know to be true? Well, for a guy, of course, who's known for his technical prowess, through the years, as you know, we've already mentioned the awards he's won. He's not averse to some doing some really violent shit uh, <laughs> when the, when the situation falls. Great answer. Yes, I've done my share. Larry, were you at the uh, show in Waleska when we did the barbed wire match? Oh, oh show. Please, please walk us through that. Who is that? Yes. Kyle, yes. tell us, set that up for us, please. 
Yeah, it was uh, myself and Andrew Alexander against Bobby Moore and a guy who no longer wrestles named Tyler Smith. We were the big, uh, the big tag team angle there in uh, Georgia, something, something, something wrestling in Waleska. But it was a barbed uh, bar wire match. They wrapped a ring in barbed wire, and I took a, a DVD through a barbed wire board. One of my crazier, uh, <laughs> crazier bumps, I guess. Yeah. Oh. So. Kyle, what's something that you feel like you're not really known for, or people think that you can't do, or whatever, that you feel that you've acquitted yourself nicely about? Okay. Uh, I think because of my, uh, I was, I was a very serious wrestler when I wrestled, but uh, I don't yeah. think a lot of fans probably know. A lot of the boys know, but like backstage, I like to cut up and have and have quite a quite a laugh. And do do some yeah. good. So that that's something I think people don't know. <laughs> Until you're in a locker room, I guess. Yeah. So okay, next next question. Um, a match that excited you watch excited you when you watched it slash performed in it. Um, okay. Kyle Matthews wrestling uh, Davey Richards at PCW, um, which was all the, it was kind of like a big deal um, in that it set up 11-11-11 when the Empire took over and all that stuff. And I remember, one, it was a big deal for me as a booker because I basically wanted Kyle to have that match. Kyle was the first non-PCW guy as it were, to sort of get a big thing at PCW. I didn't train him or anything like that. And uh, not only did he acquit himself in the match so nicely, I remember going, God, the emotion that he's showing um, is so effective. And it's like just little things I noticed, like his facial expressions are perfect for every situation. So that was a moment where I really saw – Kyle Matthews shine and really live up to the moment and really impress Davey Richards when that was, he was considered like one of the top guys in the world and Kyle was right there with him and it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Larry. Um, One that comes to mind, and I just ran across the video of this today when I was doing a little background was how good Kyle was in against big men and how he could do a credible, believable match against a big man. And the one I ran across today that I remember being there for was Kyle Matthews versus Luke Gallows. Um, And that one kind of like that, that really impressed me. That really impressed me. Okay. Kyle, what's what's a match that you had that you were like, Man, I I really got the goods, or like I, that that was as good a match as I'm 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 capable of having, or whatever. Yes, yeah, so this one has never seen the light of day, unfortunately. But in Japan, mm. I wrestled uh, Akuta Hadaka, who was he was mm. like he did some uh, ECW and he did a, a few of all shows, but like it was he was like the perfect opposite of me, but Japanese version. And it was like, it was the first match in Japan where I was like, oh, I can do this. Like, we just, like, had a technical match for, like, 10 minutes and then did a whole bunch of false finishes, and it was awesome. So that was, like, the one. And Brian Danielson, of course. But 
the, yeah. the Madaka one is like one that people don't really know about. So definitely that one. Um, okay, here's one. Uh, Kyle Matthews clearly loves blank. Uh, I'll start. <laughs> Kyle Matthews clearly loves uh, being part of a wrestling locker room. I remember seeing him wrestle. Uh, like, I went to one of Diane Hughes' shows, um, like, when I first got to Georgia. And it was a terrible show. Like, there was, <laughs> I just remember sitting there like, oh, God. It was just so sloppy. And a lot of the veterans who were there, like the Johnny Swingers and the like, it, it was just one of those shows where they just didn't seem to give too much of a damn. And it really came across. Not so much to the crowd, but I saw it, you know. And then, and then Kyle wrestled on that show. I don't even, and I, honestly, I don't even remember who you wrestled. But I remember going like, damn. Like, I didn't know who you were. I didn't know anything about you. And I went, that guy is, I mean, consummate pro and all of that, but clearly sort of in the moment enjoying what you were doing. And I, that, that caught my eye right away. Like, I never forgot that about Kyle. Hey. So, Larry, Steve. Kyle Matthews Steve, loves what? This is turning into a Chiazzo interview if you don't do something about that road noise. Okay, yeah. I'm <laughs> going to bank right here. Don't worry. <laughs> so, Kyle Matthews loves what, Larry? He loves being a guy that's um, easy to work with. Up for game for whatever. I'm going to go Kyle Matthews loves Surfer Sting. How about that? <laughs> nice. Nice. I don't know. He, uh, like when I was a kid, he was my favorite, but like comebacks and stuff, like all day. Surfer Sting. <laughs> so okay, if you loved Surfer Sting when when Crow Sting happened, what was your immediate reaction? Were you disappointed? Well, how uh, old were you when like that uh, stuff was happening was, in like '97? Yeah, I was like nine or ten, but I was I was all in that he was that they got me with the double, right? I was all in on that. They, they had me <laughs> on that. I was all in. Awesome. All right, here's one. Um, Kyle Matthews, um, okay, something that he does that younger wrestlers, or really any wrestler, could learn from. Um, mine is, it's a, and it's a hard lesson for people in wrestling to get, including myself. But huh, even if you're the good soldier and you do everything that you're supposed to do, it doesn't guarantee anything. <laughs> like, that's the, one of the hardest things I think about the wrestling business is, you know what? Sometimes assholes make it to the top and sometimes injuries happen. And sometimes no matter how good you are, it's not good enough for some people. Um, and I think Kyle, that sounds like a negative, but it's really not because Kyle uh, is the good soldier 
and the good hand. But I, I think I think it's a disservice to to Kyle if he's just remembered as a good hand. Does that make sense? It almost becomes sort of a backhanded compliment, and it shouldn't be because could Kyle have been a, like a professional wrestler that did it for a living at Ring of Honor, Japan, or WWE. I don't think anybody would dispute that that is so. But the fact that it didn't happen doesn't take away from the fact that Kyle was great. Does that make sense? Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, Larry, something uh, uh, wrestlers in general could learn looking at Kyle. Well, if they look at his matches to sell, if you're going to sell something, sell it consistently without any holes in it. Make it really credible and believable. Uh, that's something I always thought Kyle did really, that you did really well. Do you remember a match in particular, Larry, where you're just like, oh, Kyle's selling is on point for the story that they're telling? I can't think of one in particular. It's just a, it's just a consistent impression over his career, really. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, what's something you think guys can learn from you, Bob? Uh, I think, I mean, other than the good soldier thing, but I think uh, something that I try to do on every show is watch the show. Like, just watch the monitor. If there's a monitor, just watch the show so you can you can see what everyone else does. So when, when you get a chance to work with them, you, it's, like, easy to, to work with them because you know exactly what they do. So just just being familiar with the, the product and all the guys that are that are there. Gosh, they make so Absolutely. much sense. It does, you know. And again, it's it's one of the reasons I kind of wanted to do the interview this way because the the pat answer is you you watch the monitor so you don't imitate what anybody else does and you do your own thing. But Kyle like did an extra wrinkle that is more valuable, which is in theory you're going to have to work with all these guys. So why not be familiar with them? Um, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, um, and also mm-hmm. um, you can. You can, um, especially if you're later on in the show. If you're if you're early, it doesn't really help you as much for this part. But if you if you're early and if you're later in the show, if you watch the first match, you can see if the crowd like what the crowd is into. Like, do they yes. want more more craziness, or do they want some Gaga, or do they want some comedy? Or so it can kind of help you see what the crowd's up for that day. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, a, a time that. Kyle was pushed out of his comfort zone, but then overcame that and did well was when blank. Uh, Here's mine. So when um, I came up with this idea, I wanted this sort of Japanese style tag team. And in my mind, I wanted, um, I wanted the road warriors, but with submissions, right? (laughs) They, they tap out like the other team at the same time. And so I was like, Oh, I like Carl. I like Kyle. I like Vorta Walker. It's like, Oh, those are two incredibly credible guys. And so we we did the dice show thing and it was big. And uh, Kyle was not, how do I put this? There road noise got rid of it. Um, at <laughs> first Kyle and Vordell were, were not, 
I don't, I don't know if enthusiastic is the word, but basically I was just having the murder guys, Larry, if you remember. I mean murder. Oh, I remember them. it well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where I was, I began booking like two teams a show. Like some team would come out and chat. And it's just like, anybody who thinks they can kick a rest, come out. And I'd bring out Dice Show again. And, you know, that was always a great comedy moment of like, oh, God, you know, they're going to murder two more schlubs. And at first, I know they wanted to give more to the other team. That was just sort of natural instinct, you know. Can't we, like Vordell would sort of plead, like, can't we give them something? <laughs> I would always be like, no, you know. It's just like, no. In fact, give them less than nothing, you know. <laughs> if possible, give them less than nothing. And um, and but th- once they embrace the role of like. No, there's a plan in place. This is not just you murdering guys. It's, you know, it's to build up the fact that you guys are this instantly invincible team. So then they'll want to see you against other teams. And uh, once they embraced it, the creativity of how they came up with, how are we going to tap two guys out at the same time every time? How are we going to blah, 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 was a lot of fun for me to watch. I really had no hand in that part. You know, that was all them. I, I was just murder them. That was kind of all the booking advice I gave them, you know. So, and the presentational style of the entrance was, was me. You know, I wanted them to just be presented as these bigger-than-life, sort of like Japanese-esque superstars. So, so Kyle Matthews sort of going out of his comfort zone and thriving, Larry. Well, I don't know if he was out of his comfort zone. I guess we're good. You know, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. And this is something that we, we may have t- t- touched on this before. I might have touched on this before with you, Kyle, but it goes back to the young lines division at um, anarchy and a match you had with Asriel where he just beat the holy hell out of you. Um, I thought that, and I th- that you might have gotten a concussion that night, um, and you were um, you weren't given an inch in that match, is what I remember. So I don't know if that was in your comfort zone. It sure wasn't comfortable to watch. <laughs> yeah, that that was. Uh, I think it was an undiagnosed concussion and a few stitches in that match. Um, yeah, it was a. It was a. Um, I think it was kind of like a respect thing, like, a, okay, today is my earn my respect day for the locker room. So, yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, Kyle, what's a time that you were kind of pulled out of your comfort zone and uh, you felt like you did a good job with it? Yeah, so I'm going to go with uh, Anarchy did a show at the Georgia Mountain Center, and we did a three-team mm. ladder match, uh, myself and Andy, uh, Austin Creed and Hayden Young and uh, oh, Seth Lee and Adrian Hawkins and uh, I, we were kind of out of our comfort zone because of the like the whole atmosphere. It was the biggest show we'd ever done. We were doing these crazy ladder spots that I mean we had done ladder matches before, but never I never done with one with so many guys. And I think we kind of killed it. So that was fun. I remember because you know I, Hayden Young is a guy that I trained, and I we sort of reconnected right before that ladder match was going to happen, and I just remember <laughs> like him just going, 
how are we going to do this? And so, you know, we, we would sort of like theoretically talk about different spots you could do with the ladder, but I knew it was a big deal because he wasn't the kind of guy that would come to you for help generally. So, it, it, you know, the fact that it was that big of a deal and I mean, his pride when that match got pulled off and it was so good. I still remember that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Kyle, I think you're, uh, one of the things that you're known for is the kind of guy that people get along with and that you get along with them. Um, let's see. Here's a question. I, I, I don't need to get into, you know, who, who did you not like? Um, but who's somebody who, Maybe a lot of the guys didn't like for whatever reason. Maybe they were kind of standoffish or maybe they were considered hard to work with, but that you found personally um, to be somebody that you saw value in or that you really kind of got on with that maybe other people didn't. Um, I don't really have a, a clear good example, except that at times people have found the bullets hard to work with, but you and Vordell um, managed to do it pretty good. I think your first match wasn't everything you guys wanted it to be because, you know, it was a lot, a lot of pressure was put on that match. But then when you subsequently wrestled them, I thought you guys did an amazing match. And I was like, and sometimes it can be hard, um, especially back then. The Bullets tended to be very protective of them, themselves because they wrestled in a lot of different places. So often they had their guard up when it came to working with people, but you, they didn't have that with you or Vordell. It certainly didn't seem like that. Yeah. So, uh, Larry, who's somebody who kind of Kyle jibed with, with somebody who maybe not everybody had good matches with, or not everybody got along with, but Kyle seemed to, you know, that's more, um, inside baseball than I would know. I don't have knowledge Mm. of that. So Kyle, what about what do you think? <laughs> uh, so kind of the same vein as the board. I think Bordell gets a, uh, a rep for being like kind of a, a stiff, like reckless, reckless guy. But I always got along very well with Bordell. And uh, the times that we wrestled or teamed, it was always it was always super easy. Because um, I've definitely seen him throw some people on their head, but he he never did anything. <laughs> so yeah, he's all good in my book. <laughs> Um, something that is wrestling's loss as far as Kyle Matthews goes. Uh, I'll go first again. Uh, I think it's at their wrestling is losing, um, for, for, if Kyle is not wrestling anymore, I think that something that we're losing is not just a guy who's, you can count on to have a stellar match and not just a guy who you can count on to basically enact the Booker's vision or lack thereof, um, to the best of his ability, but a guy who has the ability to do just about anything. He can wrestle at the top of the card. I think, you know, Hollywood blondes, like he can work heel. He can work face. Even some of the best wrestlers around of all time, hall of fame level guys, usually have holes in their game. And that's not a slight. It's just true. Like Ricky Steamboat, would he have made a great heel? I have no idea because he never did it, you know. Um, But Kyle literally could do anything well that he was asked to do. Um, 
And yeah, I think that that's wrestling's loss to not have Kyle wrestling anymore. What's, uh, what's something you think wrestling's losing by Kyle not being in the ring anymore, Jeff? Um, Larry, sorry. I think, um, and through his association, through your association with Ted, one of yes. those links to the um, the great veterans of the past uh, and what that was about, which is being lost in so many ways, but I think that's one of the things we lose when you stop wrestling. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I guess I'll go with uh, kind of like yours, Steve. I think um, I think I'm somebody that can wrestle in style. Like I think Larry's pretty much seen the gamut of me doing high flying matches or high spot matches, or doing technical matches, or doing like a traditional big main event match, or doing a crazy brawl like I did with Rush at Empire. Like I feel like. Uh, that's that's what I'll be leaving behind is being able to work with anybody on any spot in the card. So that was my always my goal. Okay, here's an, here's one. Um, uh, Kyle was at his best from your perspective, of course. The person answering the question. Kyle was at his best when blank. Um, I'll start. Kyle was at his best when he was given a clear direction in which to go, but also room to create himself. Uh, Specifically, um, even when I would have like Kyle do sort of press conference style promos, um, he would rise to that occasion. Um, If, I would give him this ass kicker role. He'd rise to the occasion. If it's, all right, this is, you know, wrestle the match of your life, basically, (laughs) here. Um, You know, as long as he was given a clear direction. He's not – Kyle never went into, like, business for himself or anything like that. But if you gave him the direction and gave him room to create, I think he doesn't get enough credit as a guy who – can flat out put a match together with somebody who doesn't know as much if he has to, or if he's wrestling somebody who is a big deal, he can work with them with Brian Danielson or Davey Richards. Um, So that's, that's my answer to that question is if Kyle Matthews, when given clear direction, but room to create um, makes magic. Mine's kind of similar in that it's when, presented with a challenge in either in either of two ways, either somebody who maybe mm, isn't at his level and he's going to be the one, you're going to be the one to carry it and lead it, or when you're in with somebody that uh, has a reputation and that's really good, you'll raise your game right up there, whoever it is. I'm, I'm yeah. going to go with, with one match, and I think I think it – is like a combination of years of doing it, and that and that was my thirty-minute match with Billy from uh, Hardcore Hell. I don't, I don't know. I feel like that's like one of my best performances. So that's that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, <laughs> walk us through what made that match so great, Kyle. Uh, why, why did so that match for, work for you? Yeah. So for a long time, uh, I was. I didn't really have, like, after Rampage shut down, I felt like I didn't have, like, a place 
where I was physically there all the time because I was doing lots of shows, right? So I didn't have, like, a home base. So I never had, like, a big angle to to work anything up. So, like, in the case with this, the, the, Billy, the Billy match, it was an angle they'd been working for a long time, and the, the match was just, like, the right place in the card. We were first, so the, the crowd wasn't tired out. We had the crowd. We had a long time to tell the story, obviously, 30 minutes, and, like, it just – Billy and I clicked very well. So I think that was – it was just all those factors together, I think. I'll just I just have to second all that having being at yes. that match. You you guys have give, gave me some of the best moments of the last year. Your matches with Billy, I mean, every one of them has been magic. It's just been great to see. I'm so glad you got to have those matches, and so glad I got to see them. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's uh, one of the great. Oh, I'm sorry. Please, Kyle. Oh, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, uh, I'm glad that that's not getting lost in antiquity. I think Kyle and Billy are up there with Strychnine and Anthony Henry, um, Pandora and Aisha, of just like mar- like wrestling marriages that really made both guys better. And in most cases, put one or both of the guys on the map. Uh, I think that feud with Billy Buck really cemented him as a guy that someday could be the guy. And, uh, I mean, that's – oh, God. That's a beautiful thing when it happens, and it's so rare nowadays. So, Kyle, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I was just going to – and, like, it was, like, the, the live stream on Powerbomb, so everyone was super amped. So, it, And I'm glad that Billy is starting to get uh, some more dates and some different places because I think he's super awesome and uh, will do great wherever he goes, as a babyface or a heel, which he can do both, so. Hey, um, Steve, I had a couple of yeah. specific Please. kind of things I wanted to ask Kyle about. Um, Please. One of them, in, you just, you, it was the um, Hollywood uh, Brunettes era. I didn't realize that, you know, your, your, your teaming with Andrew Alexander went, ran like three years, which is like an eternity in today's wrestling. Could you talk a little bit yeah. about that team and your thoughts on that team? Yeah, so uh, we got paired up at a PWE show. They were doing a tag team tournament, and we were just two dudes. And they were like, oh, you guys are a tag team. So we were either going with Midcard Express or Hollywood Brunettes, and the uh, Hollywood Brunettes music was cooler, so we went with that. But um, it was awesome. I learned I learned a whole bunch from Andrew. Um, he was a guy that uh, obviously it came out later when he was booking Empire, but he has a great, great mind for wrestling, and I, I learned a lot. Because I was on before PWE, I was just at a local like Rome show that you know drew like 20 people every week. So I learned a lot as far as in the ring and out of the ring from Andy, and uh, he's 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 one I hope people don't forget about either because he's he's a super smart dude. Um, I also wanted to give you a chance to talk about how the uh, your relationship with Ted came about and what that meant to you and what it means to you now oh yeah so uh he was booking for scott east and uh started booking me and then he was going on a uh, show to tifton georgia and whoever he was supposed to take canceled out so uh i went with him last minute and we just started becoming friends i would go to his house and watch watch old tapes and stuff and uh he was definitely like my wrestling dad like he taught me a lot about like history of wrestling like you know, I knew like WCW, but I didn't know lot, lots about territory eras and, and, you know, stuff like that and how important that, that part is knowing 
the history and, and knowing like little intricacies of booking and, and matches that, that happened back then that can still be used now that uh, I think a lot of people just don't pick up on. And um, he was, he was super influential without, without him. I'm definitely not the wrestler I am now. So um, I definitely owe that to him and I miss him all the time and wish he could see, you know, the, the Brian match or the match with Chris hero, even like, I think you'd be super proud of those. Your um, memories of your time wrestling in Columbus, either for prime time or at, or at the at the great skateplex for Diane Hughes. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Uh, I remember Billy Roper coming out to the entrance music at Primetime Wrestling, which was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Uh, but those those were fun shows. They had a good group of guys over at uh, GCW, like Bobby Cannon and Johnny Swinger and um, Mike Cross, and that's where Drew Adler and uh, Marv became like guys that we hung around with all the time. And Sal and and I, I wrestled Jimmy a lot there the first few times. Um, it, it was a good crew of dudes. And at that point in life, we were doing four shows a week. We were doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So uh, it kept us busy. We were like pretty much full time wrestlers at that point. Mm. Mm. Did you have much um, interaction with Diane Hughes, or do you have any stories or recall uh, about not her? Not really. She would she would come in the locker room sometimes and talk to Johnny Swinger or Eric Watts or whoever was booking, but she didn't really talk to the rest of us very often. She mostly stayed in her office in the front. <laughs> um, and, uh, go ahead, Steve. I was going to ask Kyle, um, you know, obviously we're not going to like pry details out of you of what you're going to say at Scenic City. Um, and clearly, you know, a lot of people respect you and, and all of that. I, I'm, I am curious, like if you, what's, and again, you, you're, you're such a humble dude that this question may like sort of take you aback a little, but I, I think it's, it's definitely worth asking and having answered. What do you want your legacy to be as, as somebody who is a, a pro wrestler for so many years and brought so many, so much joy to not, not just the fans, but like the boys in the back and that kind of thing. What, what, how do you want to be remembered? Um, yeah, and wanna, you know, um, feel 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 free to be selfish about it too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if I ask Jeff G. Yeah. Bailey, how do you want to be remembered? My God, <laughs> you, gonna, they better remember that I was the greatest manager that ever lived. Stupid bastards, um, you know, like like. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah, what what do you want your legacy to be? Yeah, I, I've actually thought about this question um, for the scenic city, and I can tell you, um, like. I am most proud of the fact that my group of guys that I started with, like Chip Day and Bobby Moore and Caleb Conley and Austin and um, on and on and on. But we, we took the style of wrestling that we liked, the, you know, Northeast Ring of Honor style of wrestling. Yeah. It was only accepted in the South and the Southeast in Cornelia. Like there, it was, it was all good. But we, we collectively – is now accepted all over the South, right? Like you can go to any show and our style of wrestling, like people expect to see that. They don't expect to see like a uh, ha ha, like Tennessee arm spot show. You know what I mean? There's room for that. I'm not saying there's not, but I'm saying 
you know, we took our style of wrestling, and now it gets over anywhere here. And wrestlers outside of the South now take yeah. us seriously as wrestlers from the South. And I think that that's what I'm most excited about is we, we all help do that mm. for, for Southern wrestling. That's a great answer, and I think it's abs- – I, I honestly didn't even think of that, but you certainly used to hear more about the quote-unquote Southern style or Memphis style, and, and, and right. it's not that you guys hated those terms. It's that you embraced them and, like you said, added that sort of Northeast style, um, kind of the more what we would now think of as like sort of a Ring of Honor style or whatever, right. and – you made that a part of what people associate yeah, Southern wrestling is. I mean, so, but in other words, yeah. without you guys, I don't think the scene, I don't think scenic city is as accepted a thing. I think you guys paved right. the way for something like scenic city to be successful. And I think that is a great yeah, and, legacy to have. And I think I was kind of like this weird in between hybrid, like between the, the Ted, the Ted, you know, legacy. And then the, the style that we like, like the junior heavyweight, whatever you want to call it style. Like, I feel like I was this weird bridge between the two. So like, I think we kind of meshed the, the older style and you know, the, the style now, I think we kind of meshed all that together into our own little niche niche down here. So that's what I'm most proud about. Absolutely. Larry, you had another question. Um, couple. One is um, your thoughts about um, your time in rampage wrestling. Oh, yeah. I think Rampage taught me how to be like a main event guy. Start start from, yes. I think the first show I was there, I was like match one with Sal, and I was a fill-in for Ace who didn't didn't show up or something or canceled. So it, I was I did the whole journey, like first match, then I was in a tag team with Frankie, and then uh, that kind of fizzled out, and then I, I went on this giant losing streak, and then you know, I got to the match with Brian, and then after the match with Brian, I was, like, the main event guy. Like, all right, at some point, I'm going to be – I mean, I wrestled Jimmy for an angle for, like, two years, and then at some point, I became the champion. I learned, I learned how to be, like, a top-of-the-card wrestler. Like, I had done main events, but I didn't really know how to present myself as a main event guy until, until Rampage. And um, do you have any regrets? Um, no, not, not making Ted go to the match with Danielson. That's my, that's my big regret. Um, other than that, I I don't have any, I wish I wouldn't have torn my ACL, but you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 I bet. So, yeah. It's, you know, with you and Gunnar Miller both getting similar injuries, um, I think it's very telling. Uh, I was talking to, to, to Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Bailey this morning, and he, he brought up something that I thought was really brilliant. And because that happens so rarely from Jeff, I feel the need to bring it up now. When he said, you know, Kyle, Kyle getting hurt and Gunner getting hurt is no matter how good the Phoenix City is, it's not as good as it would have been. And he goes, and Kyle Matthews and Gunnar Miller are the, almost the only two guys that I can say that about for completely different reasons. That 
them not being in a car that they were scheduled to be on and have such prominent roles, they're irreplaceable. And for Jeff to say anybody is irreplaceable that is not him is so <laughs> significant. Um, I thought it was a real great testament, not only to Gunnar Miller, who he obviously has a vested interest in in a lot of ways, that's his guy, but that he thought so highly of you that he would deem you irreplaceable. Um, I thought that that was, I mean, that's a great legacy to have, you know, that really yeah. nobody's going to fill Kyle's shoes. And that doesn't sound, I don't know, it might sound negative, but it's not. It's just a fact. I mean, Larry, would you agree with that? Agreed. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I've known Jeff forever. He he was he managed Andy and I for a while at that Georgia uh, that show in um, Waleska. He was awesome. Uh, he's a good dude. I miss seeing him. But I'm I'm very thankful that SCI is still going to let me come and and say my goodbyes and that sort of thing. So, I think. If uh, with the injury, if I hadn't already been planning to to retire, it would have been much more crushing for me. But I was kind of already on that ship, so it's, yeah. it's not the ending I, I I thought in my brain. But it it's all good. It's all good. So good to say my goodbyes, which is what you know my family's going to be there and my wife. So which is yeah. I, yeah. I you know and I, I mean I would not I would not presume to you know. This is what Ted Allen would think. I didn't really know him outside of him, you know, uh, he and I dealing with a ring and that kind of stuff. But I think uh, I, I can only imagine, because he, he is very much a father figure in a lot of ways with you. And not just in terms of wrestling, which is, it is what it is. Um, but in terms of your development as a man and a person, right. Uh, I, I can only imagine he must be proud um, that anybody yeah. who cares about you and is in your life must be thrilled with you. You you have a life that's well lived and it's just beginning, right? Like your family is just right. beginning. Yeah. And uh, you know, as somebody who I'm no longer involved in wrestling beyond, you know, tipping point and a, and a little bit of advice here and there. And I got to say, it's not that, I don't miss wrestling because I hate it. It's nothing like that. It's just, you know, I have a different perspective on wrestling and it's, and it's just second place to other things in my life, which is weird yeah. and different, but uh, I don't know. It's kind of wonderful at the same time. Um, Larry, you know, uh, Kyle, Larry has something he would like to tell you. And I, I just thought it was, Really wonderful, and uh, Larry, could you could you? I just feel like yeah. this is a good time. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, this is something we, those of us at uh, GWH, talked about and thought it was very appropriate to rename the um, Georgia Wrestling History uh, Best Technician Award the Kyle Matthews uh, Best Technician Award. Oh, that's awesome! Thank you very much. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, does that it mean I get all the only right? Yeah, that that's really awesome. Thank you very much. Um, you know, every year that that I won that, it's it's really humbling because, you know, your peers are the ones that you really want to impress. Like you want them to yeah. to um, vote for you and want you want them to work with you. You know, that's that's the highest compliment when when somebody else wants to work with you. So it was always awesome when I won that, and I I really appreciate it, Larry. 
Oh, yeah, you're, you're entirely welcome. Uh, it was it was formerly named for Tim Woods, and that's some pretty fine company to be in. Oh yes, Tim Woods is awesome. Yes. Yeah. I, I wish there was more video of Tim Tim Woods to study. Because um, mm-hmm. I I think he gets he gets lost a lot because of wrestling too, right? Because wrestling too is mm-hmm. the one that kind of uh, was I guess the breakout of that that tag team for for a number of years longer. So he he gets lost in that shuffle, I think. Um, Kyle, what's, uh, I guess at this point, I just want to kind of open it up and let you say whatever you wanted to say, however long and sh- or short yeah. that is. So, uh, I mean, you, you could use that time any way you see fit. I'm not even going to, I'm not yeah. even going to freaking frame <laughs> it anymore. So please. Uh, yeah. 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 So, uh, I just want to thank everybody that's ever, you know, come to a show, bought a ticket, um, anyone that's ever bought a t-shirt or, or anything for supporting. Um, Cause without fans, obviously we're just people in underwear fighting in front of no one, which is really weird. So, um, and, and without them, none of it's even possible. And to everyone I've ever worked for worked with, um, I hope I was cool and I hope I was easy to work with and you had a good time and you didn't get hurt. And um, I hope you enjoyed working with me because I enjoy working with everybody uh, showing up and being a good dude. will get you going, get you a long way, you know? So um, thank everybody. And uh, I'm going to write some more formal stuff down for SCI and I hope to see everybody there. And uh, I'll be at anarchy at a uh, um, hostile environment for sure. And uh, hope to see everybody there for that too. So yeah. Thank you guys for uh, interviewing me tonight. Fantastic. Oh, any you. any last things anything last things you want to see, Larry? Just thanks for all the great matches and all the great memories you've given me through through all these years. And for just being like a like a, a really good guy. I think that that wrestling needs more really good guys and you're one of them. And and you cannot not, not Kyle, me all the time in your reports. <laughs> just sometimes. <laughs> Uh, Kyle, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something. Here's my gift. I'm gonna tell you something okay. that you probably didn't know about what certain a certain segment of the population thought about you, and never expressed. Okay. So okay. Uh, PCW, as you'll remember, especially the point where you were there all the time. Um, I had a number of. I, I think it's safe to say we had the most attractive female roster at one point. Right. Because they were mostly my friends that I met in the acting world. Right. The Miss Quinns and the whatever. So we just had like all these hot chicks running around. And then we actually had attractive women who would come and watch the shows, which is unheard of in wrestling. Right. So, right. In recent years and, anyway. But and, and <laughs> right. In recent years. Right. And um, and um, uh, to a woman. And this is, you know, Miss Quinn, uh, Miss Rachel, and whatever. Um, all of them uh, loved your ass and would talk about it oh. to an uncomfortable degree to me, <laughs> who was apparently their gay friend, and I didn't know I was gay, but apparently I was because they felt so comfortable going, oh, Steve, like, oh, good, Kyle Matthews is in those trunks, and da-da-da. Um, so, I mean, you're a married man and a happily one, and that's wonderful, Kyle, but... Take it from an old man, and Larry's an old man too. 
it, very old. Always relish the fact that somebody is looking at your ass and wants it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, need to keep, I need to keep doing squats. Once I'm allowed to squat, it's like, <laughs> that's the lesson, kids. Take care of your okay. ass and do your squats. So, uh, well, Kyle, thank you so much um, for all the memories. And definitely, people should go see it at Scenic City. People should go see it at Anarchy. Um, again, wrestling has. Uh, you know, it's share of problems and annoying things. But one thing that it does that I think is really beautiful is when they get a chance to honor somebody um, and they do it well, it's, it's really a fantastic experience that really transcends pro wrestling and gets into that realm of something that really bonds fans, the boys and the people who run the shows. And I, I just think it's a, it's a great thing. I'm so glad that you came on and talked to us. So thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. Like in the world that we live in and we're not even going to get into that, but like wrestling is like one thing that bonds everyone, right? Like there's, yeah. there's I mean, if you just look in a locker room, like, like there's like black people and white people and Asian mm-hmm. dudes and, and Mexican guys. And, and then the crowd is the same thing. Gay, straight, lesbian, bi, whatever. Like everyone, everyone has a common goal in wrestling. It seems. And that's, that's pretty cool that something, even if it's for four hours, uh, every once a week, like it brings everyone together. And, and in in the hard times in wrestling, we, we all stick together. We don't always get along all the time, but we all stick together. And that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, man. Thank you. Well, thank you guys. This was absolutely, uh, Kyle Matthews, who now the uh, technical award will be named for from now on. Uh, thank you for being on. And um, yeah. so for Kyle Matthews, Larry Goodman, Stephen Platinum, thank you so much for joining us for this special edition of Tipping Point, and we'll see you next time. We thank you for listening to this broadcast. Production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.